Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Kwali, host of Nonstop Playing, and I'm back with another serious topic. Hi, it's been a, it's been some time, y'all. And I apologize, like I did on the last like five episodes. But as you know, I got daddy duties and things going on. But surprisingly, the young one came here, came into the world uh, two weeks ago. So um, that was exciting, um, super exciting uh, to say the least. So yeah, your boy's feeling pretty good. You know, sleep deprived, of course, but definitely feeling good. Uh, but I'm back with another serious topic. So last, as I do, as I always do, the last episode, we talked about uh, Central Dogma. I had my boy Devin Eno on and he, you know, was dropping gems. So if y'all haven't checked it out, check it out. And as you know, your boy out here, he got a couple kids. I need for y'all to uh, subscribe, like, and d- donate, you know, throw a little cash in your boy away, you know, look out for your nephews, you know, because it's plural now. Um, yeah. So again, I got another serious topic and I got a special, special guest with me today. And this guest that I have, I'll let her introduce herself while I'm done, you know, talking my ish. Uh, we met about, I want to say back in like 2017, 2017, we met, I was working at a nonprofit that worked with at-risk youth in the city back in the hometown, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as you know, 414 stand up. And uh, we were doing a project with the kids to teach them how to get into film if they were interested in learning how to make short videos, how to do like the background, lighting, sounds, things of that nature. So it was pretty dope because, again, these are opportunities that kids sometimes don't get from our neighborhoods or from the, the zip codes that we come from. So my my guest, when she came out, you know, she did her thing and we was actually able to make a short film within a couple of weeks. It was like maybe three or four weeks. So it was a, a, a quick turnaround, but it was it was amazing. So I was like, I got to get her on to talk about what she do, which is the film industry. So without further ado, my guest today is Santana. Tell, tell, tell the people about yourself. Let them know who you are, what you do and, you know, some of your, your aspirations and why you got into film. That was a loaded question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm Santana, and I'm a filmmaker here in Milwaukee. Um, I've wanted to be a filmmaker since I was in middle school. I don't really know what prompted me to be a filmmaker, but I've been a lifelong storyteller. I was always into you know, writing poems, writing stories, writing books, telling stories. There was actually a running joke in my family about how long-winded I am and how detailed my stories are. So whenever I start telling a story, people have to prepare like, all right, now let's sit down and listen to this story. Because I tell <laughs> stories the way I like to receive stories. I like details. I like, you know, I'm nosy. I want all the all the information. So I like to give all the information. Mm-hmm. Um and, um, you know, somewhere in middle school, I was like, I want to be a director. And from there, it, it really festered in me and continued to fester in me. I don't know where that dream came from, because honestly, living in a city like Milwaukee, filmmaking is not something that you really know that you can do. It's not one of those things that like you just grow up like, oh, I can do this. But That's I told cool. myself I could and I kept going. And um you know, right after college, uh, college was a really weird time. I'm not going to get into all that, but I really didn't learn much about filmmaking in college outside of the fact that I did a documentary myself, taught myself how to do a documentary, how to edit, how to do all that stuff um, while I was in college for a independent studies class. So I actually did my first documentary in college. Um, I can't take all the credit. I did have a boss at the time, Russell Hill, who taught me how to edit and allowed me to use his editing suite after hours. But he taught me and I caught on really fast and kind of did it myself and like asked questions along the way. Um, After school, you know, I I 
basically met someone who knew someone who knew someone and they introduced me to a guy named Brad Lichtenstein in Milwaukee who um, had a company called 371 Productions. It was honestly probably the most successful uh, production, like film production company in Milwaukee at the time. So, and, and still. And so I started working there as an intern. I actually interviewed with him um, over Skype while I was still in school and I got the job over Skype a week after I moved back to Milwaukee, I was working straight out of college. Um, so I got an internship working there on a film called when Claw got shot, which was a feature length documentary following a man who was shot in the jaw during an attempted carjacking by a 15 year old. And it also follows the woman who shot the 15 year old in self-defense as he tried to carjack her. And so we follow those stories for five years um, and just really talk about or just really show what it looks like to heal from gun violence and the after effects and things like that. Um, I started out as an intern and I worked my way up to co-producer, which is usually very unheard of. That's not how things usually work. But we are in Milwaukee, small crews. I was forced to learn fast. I was really enjoying the job and very passionate about it. After becoming the co-producer, I am now the impact campaign advisor, which basically means that now that the film is done and out, I use the film, me and my team of impact people at the league, um, we use the film to elevate conversations about gun violence. Um, we have a mural now on 10th and North in Milwaukee with Claude's face on it. And it says peace, love and community. I'm sorry. My dog is like trying to fight me over here. Please leave me alone. <laughs> It's all good. If you see my arm doing all this, I'm trying to like get him off me. Hey, I thought you was um, trying to percolate or something. Like, no, he's like <laughs> he never plays with me like that, but he over here all in my face. Um, so yeah, we have a mural on 10th and North, which is amazing. It's right in the center of the hood, right in the center of the community, and it's really there to again elevate conversations about gun violence, but also let the community know that healing is possible and healing is necessary, and together we can heal. Um, so definitely drive by 10th and North, check that out. We also just won an Emmy for Exceptional Merit in Documentary Filmmaking. So we are very, very excited about that. Um, and going to the Emmys was just crazy for me. That was just like crazy. Uh, that just happened earlier this month. So definitely still fresh. Um, we are, we're doing tons of stuff within our impact campaign. We have a curriculum that we built. So now we're kind of putting it out to schools and organizations and stuff. We're still doing tons of screenings around the community and really just, again, having conversations about how gun violence doesn't begin or end with a bullet and how we can intervene and prevent gun violence. Um, outside of that, I have a television series called Black Girl Training, which is a comedy series that I'm putting together with a partner of mine, Emily, who um, was a transracial adoptee. And the series is based on her life about a woman who comes from a small rural a Wisconsin town as a transracial adoptee into the city of Milwaukee. And then she has to learn how to be black. So it's a play on like what it really means to be black. Um, we're trying to sell that right now to a, um, a studio. So we have a script and we have a Bible. We have all the things we need and we're just trying to you know, get that sold. And then lastly, I have a short film called The Last Week about Black male incarceration and the effects it has on families. And that is going to be my directorial debut. I wrote that film. I'm producing it and I'm about to shoot it pretty soon. Um, I've already raised 75% of my budget or so. So I'm going to go ahead and start shooting pretty soon. And then I have some other little stuff in the in the works and and, you know, things like that. But those are my three main projects. So I know that was a a whirlwind, but that's that's who I am, and that's what I got going on so far. Listen, I want to give you a shout out because that's super dope winning the Emmy. Like, like Thank I said, you. like like you, like no no problem at all. Like you alluded to earlier, the city we come from, 
it's kind of like we listen to Meek Mill's, you know, Dreams and Nightmare. That's more nightmares than there are like actual good dreams, like lucid dreams in a sense, right? So the fact that you are one, a black woman, a black young woman, and you're out here doing these big things and you didn't even, like you said, you went to school for something else and you kind of just kind of stumbled into this role and stumbled into this career. It was something that you like to do as far as your uh, like aspirations in a sense, but at the same time, you, you, like I like to say, you, you, you voted on yourself, right? I'm gonna vote on me because if I vote on myself, I know I'm gonna win. So you took that, you took that and you ran with it. So that's, that's amazing. Um, Man, that's crazy. I, I, I know when you first started talking about how Clyde, well, when Clyde got shot, like when I first met you and now, you know, went on and winning awards and doing all kinds of major things in the city. So that's, that's amazing. Um, I got to, I definitely got to tune in. Cause I know I, we were, uh, you sent me something way back when to donate to something. I donated to it, but I forgot what it was for. <laughs> that was probably for Black Girl Training. That was our crowdfunding for Black Girl Training. Yep. I, yeah, because I, I, and that was back in what, 20, I was living in Oshkosh at the time when I was working out there. So I remember that. But we definitely, with, you know, what's going on? Hey, y'all, we out here doing things. We need that money. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, anything counts. It could be a dollar, it could be $10, it could be a million dollars. If you if you if you balling like that, you balling. But definitely support this young sister. Get her get her out here. Get her going because it's real out here. Um, and with that being said, I kind of want to get into like your experiences because, like you said, this is something that you you were you're into the arts in a sense, right? Poetry and things of that nature. And now you were in film production. How has that been for you as far as you know support? You know, being able to be in a room, probably being the only person of color or even black woman in a room. Like, talk talk to us about your experience with that. Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I mean, honestly, working, starting off my career working at three seven one, Brad, who I talked about, you know, being being the one who hired me onto three seven one Productions, and he's the director of When Claw Got Shot. Brad is a white man. He's a white Jewish man. He's a great person to have in your corner because he loves to, you know, uplift the the women in the city who wants to be in film and also the people of color. So he's a great person to be in your corner, but he's also at the end of the day going to be a white man because he can't help that. And that's who he was born as, right? Nice. So he does he does an amazing job of hiring additional, you know, of people of color. So luckily at 371, it was a very diverse place. I mostly worked with women. There was several times where it was only women at the company besides him. Um, and so I've kind of had a, in a way, a luxury of having kind of a diverse work environment. Um, but I've definitely also felt the burden of being a black woman in, in an industry like this and coming up, um, as a filmmaker. Um, I will also say that I remember like when Claw got shot at first had a black woman producer on it. Her name was Talea. And she was, she was like from Milwaukee, but she moved to LA. And while we were making When Claw Got Shot, she would come back to Milwaukee to like, you know, do stuff for us or whatever. And she would also work virtually. Um, but then it got to a point where she quit and I just was so heartbroken because this was a black woman producer who I was like looking up to and working very closely with. And I was like, oh my God, where are you going? No, don't leave. And um, I was really sad when she left. I remember crying, but honestly, her leaving was the way for me to move myself up. So when she left, Brad ended up like promoting me. And then I kept getting promoted to where I was able to become the co-producer. So I basically took her, her role in a way. Um, mm -hmm. And so, although it was very sad, it also was meant to be because it allowed me to move up. 
um, you know, outside of that, every project that I've worked on besides the last week, I have worked on with a production company, a partner, executive producers, things like that. And while that's all great, a lot of times race does play a role in that and it gets very hard. It, it, it gets very complicated. There's a lot of disagreements. There's a lot of misunderstandings. There's a lot of miscommunication going on. So with the last week, this is the first project that the only people that I have on the team so far is myself and I'm director, producer, writer. And so I'm making all the decisions. I'm raising all the money. I'm doing, you know, whatever I say goes. And I actually really love that right now. I am contemplating adding a production company to the project just so I can have some production insurance and have, you know, a little bit more visibility. But at the end of the day, this project is a passion project. Um, we like to say in a film world that sometimes you have your wife or your husband and then you have your side, side chick, side, whatever. So when Claw got shot has always been like my husband. That's been like, I'm making money. I'm learning things. I have to work with other people. Sometimes it might not be great, whatever, whatever. Um, but the last week, that's my side chick. That's pure passion. Ain't no, ain't no arguing with that. It, it's just passion, fun and whatever, you know? And so, um, with that one, I do have a mentor, Paulina Lou, who is amazing, and she's helping me with that project. But overall, I'll say in my in my career so far, I've had the pleasure of having such diverse mentors, such diverse um, crew members, such diverse people that I'm that I'm working with right now at the league, which where I do the impact for when Claw got shot. I work for. Um, I'm a contractor, so I don't work for anyone, but I work with a black woman. A black woman owns that company or that organization. And most of the people that I work with are women and they're women of color. So I've been very lucky to have such a diverse team in every aspect of my career. But don't get me wrong, I've definitely had some quarrels with people who are not black, who don't understand, who want to, you know, take over, who want to do. So it's it's been some stuff now. But (laughs) overall, I've been very lucky with my career. I think about the, the was it the gods of Egypt? How uh, you know the cast is? We talking about Egypt and everybody in there was porcelain skin. I'm like, yeah, this is not a depiction of what it's supposed to be. So right, <laughs> what are right. we doing here? Uh, that's, and all that's of my crazy. stories are black, so it's it's hard to have a white person trying to tell you how to be black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that and i'm not not to go on a tangent but that's that's been my experience uh because like uh, i don't know if you know this but i'm working on my phd at a hbcu right so my first two experiences were at pwis predominantly white institutions and you know that's that's just what it is you know lacrosse milwaukee but going to moving to baltimore going to um um my hbcu or historically black college university my the two main professors in my program are two white men one is jewish and the other one he's uh homosexual so there's a lot of tension there especially for me being a heterosexual black man it's like all right you know you say that y'all have these woes and y'all have these uh, experiences but nothing that compares to the black experience and then oh, i got i can i can go down a rabbit hole but yeah, this is about you today. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's dope. I, I'm, I'm glad that you were, you know, you're able to, you know, kind of maneuver through these fields and things because at the end of the day, you know, you want to make something your own. You're trying to create a brand that's for you. So being able to have these, um, I ask for challenges, but it seems like, yeah, they're challenges, but you, you've turned, in a sense, water into wine because you've been able to grow and progress as you, you know, move up the ranks. So that's, that's amazing. So I, I want to ask this because, you know, this, I think this is super important too. Um, like I've known you and the audience doesn't know you, but I know that you're, you're a wife, you know, you, you have, uh, you're a mother. 
So can you kind of talk to us about that experience of being a wife and a mother while also trying to wear while also wearing all of these hats and, you know, being a boss in the game? Yeah. Tell, tell us how to, how do you how do you like manage all that? How do you balance all that out? Because I'm sure it's a lot to, to take on. Yeah, it is a lot. And I, honestly, at the beginning of my marriage, I remember because me and my husband have been together 15 years, half of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we've only broken up twice. And it's only been like once for a year, once for six months and nothing really like, you know, came about those times. Like I never was really able to date. I never really had any experience just like dating around. Like I've had a little bit, but not much. And so um, once we finally got married, you know, we had our child when I was 22. He was 21. We got married when I was 25. He was 24. Yeah. And um you know, I remember thinking like, dang, I'm 25 and I'm married with a kid. Like I'm so young. Like I don't even, and, and it, and I always had this, I always thought of myself as a hybrid woman. So I always felt like I was a little bit old school, but also a little bit new school. Right. So like, I do believe in certain gender roles. I do believe in the fact that I'm supposed to, even if I'm working, I feel like I'm supposed to cook and clean more. I'm supposed to take care of the household more. Um, and that really fucked, oh, sorry. That really messed me up. <laughs> At the beginning of our marriage, um, because I was really going through like a midlife crisis, I was or a quarter life crisis. I was really going through like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, it, I just felt like I was so young and so not necessarily tied down, but just like I was just taking care of everybody at this young age. And in your twenties, you really don't. I feel like the world has really changed our perception of what twenties are supposed to be. People think they already supposed to have it together, be successful, be rich by twenty and you know have a family be married all that type of stuff and that's cool if that's what you aspire to do but honestly your 20s are meant for you to be figuring it out like it's not really meant for in my mind it's not really meant for you to be like married with kids and tied down and just so strict and like strict you know what I mean like college is cool but all that stuff you do in college partying figuring it out making mistakes are supposed to go into your 20s too your 20s are meant for you to continue to do all that stuff um and so I was really hard on myself about like a lot of things and I just kind of went through this crisis and luckily my husband is so 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 amazing he allowed me to go through that he allowed me to be honest about what I was going through and he really helped me see that like you do not have to do it by yourself. Like you don't have to do all these things you think you have to do. You don't have to cook all the time. You don't have to clean all the time. You don't have to, you know, and and we really started to kind of figure out what our marriage meant for us and not what marriage means for society or not what people tell us. So now I'm I'm happy to say that I, I do still do most of the cooking and cleaning, but I will be very quick to be like, look, I'm tired of cleaning around here. Everybody get up and clean and they will get their butt up and clean, you know? Thanks, thanks. And, <laughs> And my husband, you know, we both work, our son goes to school and and we both contribute in different ways. Financially, we both contribute in different ways to the household. We both contribute in different ways to him. And again, I just had to get out of my mind, out of what I thought I was supposed to be as a wife and just be more true to who I wanted to be as a wife and what was going to work for me. And again, luckily he was just amazing as a partner to like understand that and be okay with that. And so to this day, it's all, marriage is always going to be, a a work you know it's always going to be something that you have to work towards I'm not the great with I'm not the best with balancing my work and and home life but I'm still learning I'm a true introvert I'm an extroverted introvert so I know how to work a room I know how to network I know how to do all that stuff but in order for me to um replenish myself I like to be alone 
And that means closing myself in my room, getting air, kicking everybody out the house, whatever that means. I like to be alone a lot of times. Um, and so we're still working through that as well. Him learning like how to just leave me alone and not take it personal, not take it like I don't want to be with you. I just need a few yes. hours to myself. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a lot to it. But again, I think we're continuously working at it. And he's so understanding about it all. And as you continue to grow when you're married, you continue to learn each other and you have to always be learning each other. So um, but I will say my husband and my son are literally my biggest supporters. Like I know people say that, but like dead, but cause I can't say dead A, but <laughs> they are like my biggest supporters. My son, literally, I took him to a harvest fest yesterday. He was on this ride. He randomly told the guy operating the ride, like, Hey, my mom has an Emmy. How that conversation came up? I don't know. I don't know. He just ran in the three seconds it took for him to get onto this ride. He randomly told this man this and the man came up to me and said, you got an Emmy for what? Like just my son knows all my websites. He will just randomly tell people like, listen, go to SantanaTheCreator.com to find out more. <laughs> like he is a walking billboard for me. My husband's the same up. way. Yes. He, he, my husband is the same way. He finds some way to like brag on me or talk about me and in, in different conversations. And because my husband is now in the art film, field and doing photography and videography we run in a lot of the same circles now so we always bigging each other up and including each other in our conversations so you know it's again it's work but it's lovely i appreciate that that's that's super dope and it's funny because i'm like you gotta you gotta put him on a payroll now because he he's he's an advertisement or whatever the term is where he's about <laughs> yes. And yes. He says, and your son he's he's uh eight right Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's he, he had a good age. Put him on the payroll. Get him that S that, that oh, SCP. God. Get him get him on there. <laughs> he be all, he be all good. That's 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 what's up. That's interesting yeah. because um, I, I I got an episode that talks about like men and dating and things of that nature. And you know, of course, you see social media where it's always a conversation of modern versus traditional, and especially when we talk about the black community and black women, how yeah. you know there's a lot of trauma and there's a lot of um, like from from an early age, they're taught that you have to be independent. So with being independent, that creates another barrier because it's like, oh, I'm I'm with this person, I lo- I'm, I love you, I need you, but at the same time, I don't need you. So then that causes like some barriers in a sense. So it's interesting that you say that it was you know kind of a struggle, but you know you're learning, you're growing through it. And 15 years is a long, long, long time. A lot of people don't make it past six months. So y'all doing something right on y'all end. So I, I can appreciate that. Um, but I, I kind of want to, I want to, uh, kind of shift a little bit, you know, get back into the film. So you, you got a lot of projects going on right now. You won an Emmy. So what would you say is something that, you know, if you, where you are now, 10 years ago, if you could do it all over again, how would you approach the game? What would how would you do things differently? Or would you stay, would you do everything the same way you did as far as, you know, getting into the field and, you know, getting to where you are? Um, your train, your 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 transgressions in a sense. How would you go about, you know, doing yeah. what you're doing currently? Honestly, I'm not a person that lives with regrets. I'm very much so a person who believes that everything happens for a reason. I had a lot of things in my life that I was like, ooh, if I could. So, for instance, like when you talked about HBCUs and PWIs, I always said, like, man, I really wish I would have went to an HBCU. I went to UW Platteville. And and just to correct something you said earlier, it's not that I, I studied something different. It's that I went to the school that did not have a filmmaking major. Like it, it was a lot of stuff going on around that time. But for some reason, I went to this school that did not specialize or even 
prioritize what I wanted to do in life. But I went here and eventually I, I was able to move up. Like I started as a theater major. I was like, mm, this ain't quite what I wanted to do. Went to communications. Mm, this ain't really filmmaking. And then eventually they did get a media studies program and they did get a um, film studies minor. So that's what I graduated with. It still was not what I wanted to do. I still did not learn what I wanted to learn, but I got as close as possible. I always say like, I wish I would have went to HBCU. And in some ways I do, but in other ways, again, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. If I would have went to HBCU, my life would have been completely different. At the time that we were about to go to college, me and my husband were broken up. That was the sixth, no, that was the year that we had broken up. We were junior seniors in high school and we both went to the same college. Had I decided to go to HBCU, we would have never got back together. And we would have, I would have went to HBCU. I love me some black men, honey. Let me just say, I love black men. Okay. I'd have got there and saw all that chocolate. I'd have been a baby mama right now. I'm just saying, <laughs> okay. Like my little young butt wouldn't have knew what to do. Cause I never got to date like that. Like I said, so I'd have went to college and been young and dumb. Okay. But, and and it's crazy is <laughs> I know you went to, uh, wait, you say you went to Plyville, right? Yeah. The difference between, like, I know Whitewater, they got their Greek life, and, you know, yeah. Parkside got a little bit of Greek life, but listen. <laughs> they had one Black sorority, or a Black, they had one Black sorority for a very tiny amount of time, and only, like, three girls crossed. Mm. And then, it, then when they left, it was over. Uh, and they had one Black fraternity, which is the one that my husband was a part of. Um, gotcha. Don't just high. So, um so yeah anyway it just would have been completely different so I say all that to say that that was one of my regrets in a sense however I also know that I don't live with regrets I would not change anything because changing one thing would have had the butterfly effect the domino effect it would have changed everything and I wouldn't be here today and I never in a million years I never cared about awards so I never aspired to win Emmys I never aspired to win big award I didn't never care about that stuff um and I never saw myself, like I never even thought of it. And so to win an Emmy for my first film right out of college is insane. And and going if if Platteville is what helped me be a, get on that journey, I wouldn't change a thing. That's dope. That's definitely dope. Um the only only it's funny because you know, for me, I didn't get introduced to like HBCUs until I want to say my junior year of college. Um I went to lacrosse for uh, undergrad and we went on this thing called a freedom ride and we had went down to like Tennessee, Alabama, went to different like colleges in the area, learned about the freedom riders and things of that nature. Um, and met a lot of uh, people who marched with Dr. King during that time when, you know, they were you know trying to fight for equality and things of that nature. So uh, it was pretty dope. And from that time, I was like, I got to go to HBCU. Now, here's the caveat to that, right? Because a lot of people don't think about this. And I'm, I'm going to have an episode down the line that talks about HBCUs, right? Because I got a homeboy. Uh, you live in Florida now, but we work together at the same university. We said we got to do an episode on like just HBCUs overall. Don't believe the hype because HBCUs, they dope. Don't get me wrong. I, I love me some fried chicken Wednesdays. You know, I love, you know, probates. Uh, you know, I like the fact of smelling shea butter and uh, all that stuff. You know, the do-rags, wave checks. It's cool, but don't get me wrong. It is ratchet at times. It do get yeah. really ratchet. So um, you got to have a different type of skin, especially depending on, like, I was on the East Coast. So a lot of the people I was around, like New York, Jersey, Philly, they they got a little edge to them. So if you're coming from an area where you, you know, you're a poindexter, you, you might get sought out. So <laughs> you got to be on your Wait, so field. after junior year, did you transfer to HBCU? No, I graduated. So I graduated from, graduated from lacrosse. 
I moved down to Georgia, started working at Savannah State. So Savannah State is another HBCU in Savannah. So I was there coaching football, uh, doing my training and stuff like that in the, the fitness world. Moved back to Wisconsin with my, my son and his mother. Uh, went to grad school, UW-Milwaukee. After I finished there, moved to Oshkosh, started working there, and then applied to grad school again. And then I started my PhD at uh, Morgan State. So I've been kind of all over the place. But I, when I was coaching, I was trying to get back into HBCU. So I've, I've been to probably, I want to say about 12, maybe 15 HBCU so far, just being in that area, Norfolk State, uh, Hampton, uh, Howard, uh, oh, Coppin State, a- uh, Fayetteville State, uh, A&T, uh, Texas Southern. That's where, you know, uh, Meg Thee Stallion, that's where she went to school, Texas Southern. Yeah. Um where else? Paul Quinn, which is in Dallas. So I don't, I don't been around um, as far as going to different schools. Uh, my, my goal is, you know, it's 107, 107 on paper, but there's only 104, maybe 103 that are active currently. My plan is to re- to go to at least all of them, like get a shirt or something, you know, just to, you know, be able to contribute. Oh, just to visit, you mean though? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. not, no, no, not work or anything like that. No, just, okay. oh, just a visit tip. So, um, that's, that's, that's it, but 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 HBCUs like I'm a huge advocate for them. The goal is to work, be president at someday. If they if it works out, you know, if it don't, it's cool. I'm still gonna contribute. You know, I got two sons. I'm I'm a pumping in their brain. If they don't want to go, that's cool. I'm, I'm like y'all got to pay for your own schooling though. If you go to HBC, I'll pay for it. But I ain't paying for you to go nowhere else. Um, See, that's so that, another conversation we gotta have. I I know. Um, but you know, we gotta have that conversation because I, I don't know if I want my I want my son to go to HBCU, but there there's the pros and cons of it now. And oh when yeah, for talk sure. More about it, it makes me jealous. I'm like, oh, I really wish I would have went. But again, I there were there were pros that I did not see at the time to PWI. So no, definitely. But I say you can get the full experience just by going to a homecoming. And at some point, if you can go to a homecoming, or if you can go to like a sporting event. Like it's so much love in the room, you know. Can we talk? You know, the national anthem by uh, Tevin Campbell. They gonna play that, you know. It's it just it's just it's just a whole vibe. Um, and again, I'm speaking to it because I uh, I've done it and I encourage people to get that experience. But again, you know, the episode is about you. <laughs> we go we gonna keep it on film, but we definitely had a conversation about HBCUs. Whenever you're ready, we can talk about it. I'm connected um in some areas. You just gotta let me know where you're trying to what you're trying to do. But what we'll do is um we'll take a quick commercial break. Um for those, like I said, for subscribers, you know, uh, the audience, if you haven't already, I mean I'm on all platforms, Apple, Google, Podcasts, Anchor, I'm on YouTube, I'm on iHeartRadio. So if you haven't already, like, follow, subscribe, donate. Help your boy out. But I'll be we'll be back uh probably in the next like minute or so. Just gotta get us some water or something, you know, because we've been talking a little bit. So we'll be back and then we'll finish up the episode. All right, great people. You know, we had to get a little drink of water, had to get our get our mind right, because you know, we were talking about a lot of serious stuff. So without further ado, we back. And again, I, I gotta I gotta keep stressing this, people, because it's super important. I need for y'all to support. So like, subscribe, follow, donate. If you want to donate, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash stop playing. Stop playing is S-T-O-P-P-L-A-Y-N. So no I-N, no I-N-G, but play in. Okay. So that's how we're going to do it. But again, like I said, I got my special guest Santana in the building, filmmaker extraordinaire, doing big things. You know, won an Emmy already, young out here, youngest in charge. 
So she's, you know, telling y'all about her her experience thus far with being in film, being a black woman, being a mother, being a wife. So I guess for me, one of the biggest things I wanted to ask you is how would you, what would you, what advice would you give to an, an inspiring filmmaker who comes from an area where they made a, their school may not have their major or they might not have the the network right away, but, you know, want to get involved and, you know, want to get, you know, some skin in the game. What advice would you give them to help them to, you know, overcome some of those obstacles? Yeah. Everybody's journey is different. So I, I would say if you come from a smaller city that doesn't feel like it has a filmmaking community, like Milwaukee felt at the time, I didn't know we had a filmmaking community. So yours, your city might have a filmmaking community. So number one is network. Network, network, network. If you have a film festival at your in your city, you likely have some type of film network. So go to the film festival, talk to people, introduce yourself, don't be shy, go to all the talkbacks, get around, make people know your face and your name, make some business cards, collect, actually collect business cards. It's good to have some, of course, but people usually don't follow up when they get your business card. But if you are the one that wants to be in this field, you got to do the work. So collect business cards, go home. You could even create, I used to create like a Google doc that had everybody's name, picture, where I met them at, a little bit about what I remember about them, their contact information. And that will help me be able to go back and um contact them in the future or whatever. And then just stay in touch with those people, email them, introduce yourself, let them know what you're working on or what you want to work on, that you're looking to volunteer or work or PA or whatever it is you want to do. Um, continue to follow up with them. When you see they have accomplishments, email them. Hey, I saw you got this. Congratulations. You know, just stay on people. Make sure they remember you. That's the biggest thing. From there, your career is going to do what it's going to do and just trust the process. If at the end of the day, if you really feel like you are unhappy in your city and you're unhappy with the filmmaking community there, then go ahead and move. I would not recommend just trying to move to LA or New York just to chase that dream. Um, but again, everybody's journey is different. Maybe it will work out for you. But for me, I got some of the biggest advice of my career, which was don't try to be a small fish in a big city like L.A. or New York. Focus on being a big fish in a small city, which is what I'm doing in Milwaukee right now, trying to be a big fish here. Um, and once I'm a big fish here, I'll at least have some contacts in other cities to be able to move. And well, I already have contacts in other cities and I can move and have another job easily. So um, network, that's the biggest thing. Network, network. And I, I allude to this all the time, people. You got it's 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 not your net worth, it's your network. You gotta get, you know, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna make your money at some point, but you gotta have those some of those pillars out there that's gonna help pull you along, you know. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. She yeah, because I didn't really learn I didn't really learn much about filmmaking in college at all, but I learned everything because of who I knew. So when I found someone that I knew and they hired me, I learned everything right there from from doing the work. So it doesn't matter if you didn't go to school for it or whatever. You could teach yourself. You could get on YouTube. You can network, get jobs, and learn on the spot. YouTube University, one of the best universities that you ain't got to pay for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, I think for me, one of the things that's like resonated in my mind throughout this conversation is like what's next for you? Because you you're doing a lot of things and you have a lot of projects that are out there, but what like what's the end goal? What what do you like where do you see yourself in the next like ten to fifteen, maybe in five years, five, ten, fifteen years? What do you see yourself? What do you, what is Santana gonna be doing? Or what would be the ideal scenario for you in terms of all the work that you're putting in currently? 
So had you asked me that question about a year ago, I probably would have had an answer for you because I've always been the type of person that plans out my life. Um, I always kind of had at least a few years of a plan, you know. Um, however, this year I've really learned this has been an amazing year. I've accomplished so much this year that I never thought I would. This year, I've just learned to trust God and let him lead me. And so I've kind of not been thinking about the next five to 10 years. I, and the next five to 10 years where I see myself as being happy and successful. That's all I can tell you. As far as what exactly I'll be doing in film, there's a billion different things you can do in film. And I always thought I wanted to be a director. I still do want to be a director. Um, but I also have fallen in love with producing in the meantime. I've fallen in love with impact in the meantime. Um, I've fallen in love with teaching film to high schoolers in the meantime at risk youth. Um, so, you know, I, I have many different talents that I've realized and, um, there's many different fields in the film industry I haven't been able to explore yet. So at this point, I don't really have an exact plan besides being happy, healthy, and rich, hopefully happy, wealthy, rich, and successful. Um, but how I get there and what I do for my everyday job, as long as I love it and it's in the film industry, I don't, I don't know what it'll be yet. I'm just letting God kind of tell me what's next. And as, and I, I appreciate that answer because I'm a planner myself. I tell people all the time, I know I, I've already planned my, my funeral. That sounds kind of weird. Absolutely. <laughs> I like this is how I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to be wearing. You know, this is this going to Anthony Hamilton going to sing at the uh, the funeral. It's going to be dope. Right. Yeah, um, I ain't planned it that much. But, okay. <laughs> but I, I, I know how sometimes it can like I'm not religious or anything and I don't subscribe to any kind of like doctrine, but like they say, if you want to hear God laugh, tell them, tell them what your plan is. Right. I was just going to tell you that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm starting to, cause even with me now, like I've been in education for 10 years and I just recently over the last year, I've been working in like the medical field and like tech field doing like stuff like that. And then I, you know, started my own business. Well, I started my own business a while ago, but really dug deep and, you know, started doing more things, networking with people. So I'm like, man, I'm a jack of all trades, but I'm like, I've mastered some, but I think I need to find like what my actual niche is so I can like really expand on that so I can be good. So it, it's real out here. So I, I, I can appreciate that answer because that's, that's the most like mature answer in a sense, because I think that you know, you don't know tomorrow you could, this could happen. So you got to, you know, just be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to focus on what I can control and keep building off of that. So that's, that's yeah. super dope. I'm also not religious. I'm spiritual and I'm God's favorite. So I know that he going to continue to bless me and do crazy. Like when he gave me that Emmy, I was like, you are showing out right now. Like you are going crazy. You can't be letting everybody know I'm your favorite like that. You know, they start attacking when they see you got a favorite, you know, but <laughs> overall, I know that like my career has had ups and downs. That's what it is in the film industry. It's, it's a very uh, unstable career. But, uh, you know, luckily I have other talents and, you know, my husband has always said he was jealous of me because I had one dream, one goal, which was filmmaking. And I chased that. And he always had multiple things he was good at, multiple things he wanted to do and just never really had a one path way. But now I tell I told him I'm jealous of him now because now he could do several different jobs and be successful at it and be good at it and make several different incomes. Um and not have to rely on one thing. Whereas me, I get anxious worrying about what's next sometimes. And that's kind of why I've decided to relinquish control and just be like, whatever's next, God got me. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with it. I had a question about that. So you said that you want to open up to multiple streams and you don't want to just be kind of finite to one thing. So what are 
some other things that you're looking to do? I know you got the film, you got the the training, um, and you mentioned there was something. Um, you said a lot of things in the beginning, and I'm trying to, you know, re- relate all that stuff. But outside of those three or four things that you mentioned earlier, what is some other ways that you're getting involved and, in, you know, expanding on yourself and, you know, some of the skills that you do have? Yeah. So outside of the projects I'm working on, I do also teach filmmaking to um, high risk youth um, at a program. And I'm really enjoying that right now. I uh, that gives me some pretty good money. And so I'm, I'm actually in the process of creating a curriculum that's going to be longer that I could go out and pitch to schools and organizations. Um, and so I'm hoping that if if things start to slow down with film again um, and I can kind of fall back on that. I also used to work with autistic children. That was a passion of mine. So in the future, I could definitely see that coming back around, not necessarily what I was doing, which was behavioral therapy, um, but more on the maybe even intersecting autistic uh, children or kids on the spectrum with filmmaking in some way. Um, So maybe that's something that's going to happen in the future. I want to own some clubs with my husband because that's something he wanted to do. And I have great ideas. So I'm like, include me. Um, I want a coffee shop. We've talked about doing a restaurant before. So it's a lot of different things that I want to create a black wall street in Milwaukee. Um, that's mm. one of my really big goals. Um, I already have the area, but I see that they're already starting to renovate that area. So I'm like, Hey y'all, but that's okay. Cause when I get rich, I'm a, I'm a comeback I'm a Street, and I'm a build it up and it's going to be all black businesses that I invest in and like maybe partially own, but it's mostly for the community to get their business ideas off and, and own some stuff in Milwaukee. So um, yeah, I got a lot of different stuff I want to do right now. It's, it's only, um, I do freelance filmmaking. So I make a little money from that. If, if there's anything freelance, like productions are coming here to town and they need a producer, then they can hire me for a week and pay me a certain thing. I also do impact work, which is my full-time job right now. And then I teach the kids, um, which is a part-time job, but, but my full-time job is contractor. So I work when I want. So I do have a lot of time on my hands to be able to, if I want to lift I can do that for extra money if I, you know, there's other ways to, there's other, there's time and other ways to make money right now. But, um, I'm enjoying not having to, I always say work smarter, not harder. I'm enjoying having to not work hard right now, but just work smart and still be happy. Hmm. So, so that, so from what I'm, from what I'm hearing is, I know, cause we, you know, you alluded to this when we talked earlier, you got your own podcast. So I'm assuming that's going to get back up and rolling and you're going to start getting some more content out there for your, your, your listeners. Yeah, I'm going to come back now. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Some accountability. Right, I like right. accountability partners, so hold me accountable, and I, I'm going to be like, if he got all these episodes, I could do it, so I'm going to get back out there. Oh, oh, oh definitely. I'm going to check in. I'm like, yo, where, 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 where that next episode? We're we looking for it. Where, where we at? Where we at? Bring your boy Yeah, on. go listen to the, speaking of, y'all go listen to the podcast. It's called Listen, dot, dot, dot. And if you type it in on like Apple Podcasts or something, put Listen, dot, 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 Santana, and it'll be the first one that pops up. But the, the podcast is just called Listen. Um, go check it out. Go listen to it. It's, it's, it's dope if I do say so myself. So. Okay. So you want to give them like a, like a preview of the content or are you just going to let it, let they, let their minds wander? Um, I don't know. I'll be talking about all type of stuff. I'll talk about relationships. I'll talk about career. I'll talk about family stuff. Cause I've had a lot of, you know, family issues and things. So I'll talk a lot about the things I've learned overcoming, um, you know, having to cut off all my siblings and just, you know, what that was like. So I, I just talk, I talk about the things that I've learned, but then I also just dive deep into some of the pop culture things that's out there in the media. 
Um, so, you know, different stuff that's going on with celebrities that everybody got an opinion on. I, I tune in and give my opinion. I, I want to get into some debates. Like you said, like I love different conversations with men and women and just women in general, learning about their experiences, men in general, learning about their experiences. So I'm definitely super interested to get some guests on the podcast pretty soon. So I'll be calling you. Hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm always down to have a conversation, some healthy yes. dialogue. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I think, I think we pretty good on that. And I think based on, you know, the, what you've shared already, um, you got an amazing journey that you've been on and, you know, you got a good, great supporting cast behind you. I might have to hire your son because I, I need some publicity <laughs> myself. So my son, he just want to talk about Minecraft. He don't care about none of that. Stuff, so. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I needs me an agent. <laughs> so, um, but without further ado, you know, let the, you know, let the, the audience know how they can find you. I'll, I'll also put the links in the bio, um, any tags that you have, but let them know where they can find you. And if they want to set up some consultations or anything, how, how do they find you, Santana? So the easiest way to find me is my website, SantanaTheCreator.com. Um, that will link you to all my, uh, to my projects, to their individual websites. It'll lead you to my podcast. Listen, um, tell you about me, what I got going on. I do need to update it now that I don't want to end me, but, um, you know, it, it got everything on there that you would need to know. It got my social medias. You could also find me on Instagram at Santana, the creator, um, or Facebook, Santana Wilson Coleman, my whole government right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So but both, basically go for the website, Santana, the creator.com and you'll find me there. Cool, cool. Well, I want to appreciate you. I know it's been, ooh, it's probably been what three, four years since we spoke. It's it's been a minute. Yeah, um, yeah actually, since I was in Oshkosh, well, I was like, you know, for me, I'm like, let me get some more content out here. But I want to get more women on because, again, like I'm supportive, well, especially for Black women. You know, I'm a huge supporter of you know Black women, whatever they're doing, long as it's positive and it's you know you know creating. And if it's love and hip hop, I'm not doing it. You can't come over here and talk to me about nothing. Okay. I got. I just got to put that out there. That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> now, when I start working on, so if I start working on reality TV, you saying I can't come back? But I know, I know you personally. Some of these people is like, all right, come on now. Like if you, if you are like, if you exploiting yourself, like, like Mimi Frost, like, come on, sis, come on, sis. Like, oh yeah, that yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be on the reality show. I want to yeah. work. Behind the scenes. Yeah, if you work behind the scenes, yeah. that because that's the tea right there. I'm like, is this really real? Nah, they just it just seems script, you know. But like stuff like that, I'm like, come on, y'all. We already got a bad light. We trying to we trying to build Black Wall Streets out here, so we got to do more than just you know exploit ourselves to people that don't care about us, you know. So it's, it's real. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely. Uh, I I, I want to get on the podcast, and you know, I might have to get you on for. I, I want to do some panels moving forward, you know, with some some people in different areas. I got one that I'm I'm planning specifically about a topic we talked about earlier, but I'm gonna leave that, you know, for the audience to wander a little bit. But again, I wanna thank you for coming on. I know it's been a while. I'm glad to hear that everything's going well and you know, you're doing some great things out here, especially in the community. Uh, I've thought about home a few times in the last like month or so. So I'm like, man, I need to get back and get my fix real quick and maybe yeah. maybe go to uh go to Miss Pepper Pot because I I ain't had no good uh dirk egg rolls and Man, it's been about ten years. So yeah, my, my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law worked there. I was just there to. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, I go. We got some dope stuff in Milwaukee now. Like they really are building some amazing stuff here. So come check it out for sure. Come that's back home. Oh, I, I, that's the plan. I, I probably this summer. The summer will probably be the earliest once I get all this other stuff taken care of. So definitely some uh, be out be out that way. But again, thank you for coming through, subscribers. 
check. Oh, for sure, for sure. Y'all check her out. Santana, the creator. Donate to the project she got going on. It's real out here. And if you need any advice, and I, I'm sure it's not just for black women. If you, you know, a person of color or if you just anybody, she's a genuine person. She's willing to give yeah. information, give knowledge. And that's what we do out here. The game is to be told, not to be sold. I'm a huge advocate for that because at the end of the day, you want you you gonna want an opportunity too. So, you know, it's yeah. better to reach back and you try to, you know, cut yourself off from the world. But with that, with that being said, it's the Nonstop Playing Podcast, your boy Kwali. And that was another serious topic. And I'll be back again. Just wait, just wait on it.